The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Hello, my beautiful, lovely people, my wonderful listeners, my fellow chlamydiots. I hope you're doing really well. This is me, Tim. Uh, of course, who else would it be? I think I have a cold right now. Is that why my voice sounds so super deep and sexy? <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I do have a couple of announcements before I want to start the show. First off is, if you're in Toronto... I am going to be hosting a poll workshop in collaboration with Maggie's, which is an amazing nonprofit that is designed to support sex workers of all kinds. I would really love it if you came. I'm going to be teaching beginner poll moves, and it's just going to be fun and like lively and funny of course because it's me and i'm also going to teach the attendees how to give a proper lap dance because duh we all need some practical skills if we're in the sex work we want to get our money's worth we want to get the cash flowing in and i am here to help you do that and the second announcement is on august 27 i'm going to be part of the virtual all booty workshop called booty fest organized by the one and only marla renee stewart it's going to be amazing it's going to be a whole bunch of sex educators talking all about ass i'm going to be there on sunday and my workshop is going to be all about cleaning the booty because we all want a clean workspace when we get down to work so, just to recap, August 19th is a Saturday with Maggie's Toronto, and August 27th is a Sunday with the Booty Fest. All those details are going to be available in the show notes and my social media, so keep an eye out for that. Last but not least, I figured that this is the easiest way to do this if you're a gay guy in the greater Toronto area, and you and I have had sex since March of something 2023 it is currently August 7th as of this recording you may want to get tested because I just tested positive for chlamydia (laughs) oh my god I feel like announcing it on the podcast is just a lot easier than texting literally dozens of guys and also like some of those guys have blocked me I have blocked some of them So I figured that this is the easiest way to do this. So yeah, anyways, I tested positive for chlamydia in my rectum. If you topped me, please definitely get tested. I'm currently on antibiotics and on chastity for the next week. And I hope 
you didn't get it because I wouldn't want you to ha- stop having sex on my behalf. Anyways, with all that being said, I hope that you enjoy the show. Check out all of the details and the recaps in my show notes. And yeah, let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sex with Tim podcast. I'm your host, Tim, certified sex educator. I identify as a chaotic homosexual. <laughs> and what's the Airbnb for lesbians? Well, that would be the lesbian. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great app <laughs> to find <laughs> your next lesbian vacation spot? <laughs> You stay on a pirate ship and go, hey, scissor me timbers. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad, trust me. <laughs> oh, boy, that is awful. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're here to talk about my guest today, who is the, uh, the an author. Yeah, an author. She's an author. She's a coach. She's everything you want and more. <laughs> And maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more. And maybe a little bit more than you expect. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, Marcy Warhaft. Hi, Marcy. How are you? I am so happy to be here. Very much looking forward to this. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. First, let yourself be known to the audience. Who is Marcy? Oh, it's such a good question. And the answer changes about every six months or so. <laughs> um, I am, um, I am the resiliency rebel. So I am, I don't call myself a life coach because I, I don't want to tell you what to do with your life. <laughs> I'm just, I'm in my 50s trying to figure out what to do with my life. Um, but I have been through a hell of a lot and I know a lot about resiliency. And so I help people overcome crap from their past and shame. And basically what I do is I help people ruin their own reputation for the better. Because once you ruin your reputation, Meaning that you share your truth and all your secrets and all the stuff that you're that's creating fear around you and you let that fear go and you say, look, this is me, love it, hate it, ignore it, whatever. It's so freeing. So that's that's what I do for that. I also wrote a brutally honest memoir called The Good Stripper, a soccer mom's memoir of lies, loss, and lap dances. And uh, that was the beginning. That was the beginning. That's what I did. I released all exposed, no pun intended, all of my <laughs> secrets. <laughs> I was about to say, like, wow, you really thought about that title real well. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's just, I left no, was it stone unturned? Um, I decided if I was going to write my story, I was going to write it. And, uh, and I did. And it was very, very liberating. And that, by doing that, I kind of thought, what What else is there about me? And it, it gave me the courage and the curiosity to, to find out a whole bunch of stuff about myself. So there you go. Ooh, a very gateway drug to self-exploration. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so let's talk about the good stripper because I find that so interesting because as someone who is a former sex worker, I used to escort, I have like this sort of checkered history when it comes to sex work but i want to know your story what got you into stripping first of all well here's so here's the thing that i need to clarify and and despite the title this the stripping part of my story mm-hmm. was brief i didn't i didn't dance for that long but i talk about in my story 
this double life that I led. And the stripping was part of the double life. And sure. the double life was I was married. I had two toddlers and I was trying to be the ideal mom. Like I lost my mom quite young and I almost died when I was 29. And, and I thought, oh, I don't know how much time I have left. So I want every memory of theirs to be magical and I want them to feel loved every second. And so I really worked hard for that. But I was dealing in a, with a, a, a really dysfunctional marriage at the time. I, I, my family had all pretty much passed away. So I didn't have my very much support. And I didn't feel loved, but my partner at the time wanted to open up our marriage and kind of share me. And I felt, well, and it wasn't just, it just wasn't good timing. So I felt, um, at that time I'd been through a lot of trauma mm -hmm. and I felt like, okay, so I'm not lovable. I can't be loved, but, Aww, he, <laughs> but, but people seem to want to desire me at that time. So I thought, well, if I can't be valued for who I am, maybe I could be valued sexually. So, Oh my God. I, I yes. feel that. I feel that. Really? Oh well, my that's God. It. Yeah. And don't you find, so I, but I confused being sexual with being sexualized. Yes. So I kind of told myself, Oh, I'm just taking control and, and, and being empowered, but I felt awful. And I really shared myself with the wrong people in the wrong circumstances it it as much as i thought i was trying to find my worth through my body i lost it more and oh my more God. and more marcy you're giving me goosebumps because i literally went through the exact same journey with my own sex work looking for worth through like sexual intercourse through like oh my god Sorry, sorry to, to interrupt you, but like I just no, got it's shipping. great. I guess I have wow. it too. Now I have. Oh, okay. So, so the the and the interesting thing about the dancing was I started the dancing after I had started. I became promiscuous, and some was with my my husband at the time, and then I was kind of, it's again this false sense of like rebelling, rebelling. I was like, okay, so you want me to sleep with other people? Well, you know, I'm. I'll show you. And instead of me, using I'll beat your my score. But it's a competition. Instead of, there's no competition. But instead, <laughs> <laughs> instead of me rebelling by saying, this isn't healthy for me, this isn't good for me, I want out. Unfortunately, my thing at the time was, oh, you think I'm, I'm, just being whatever now I'm wild now watch me and so then I was like okay so you can't now control me so if 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 you blurred the line forget blur the lines if you got rid of those lines and you we now we opened up our, our relationship and and now you know you're choosing who I'm sleeping with well now I'm gonna choose who I'm and I didn't choose listen there wasn't a huge I wasn't too particular. <laughs> you know, it was not too big. You know, it was quantity over quality, unfortunately. Um, but, but that's so. That's what I did. So the double life was me, literally, with the dancing and the dancing. That was almost positive in the sense that okay, I started making my own money. Now mm -hmm. a lot of that money went to groceries and, and family stuff. But I still felt like I was contributing because I felt like I felt bad that I wasn't contributing to the household as a housewife. So mm. I was contributing. I also felt like 
to this day, if you look at my social media, I like to dance and, and lip sync and all this stuff. So being on stage, I felt good when I was on stage. I didn't like the part that I didn't like. It wasn't even lap dancing was fine because you're still kind of in this, I'm playing this role. You know, I was casting. Yeah, you're in the zone. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it was the sitting at the table and being like, by me. Like, I didn't like that. Like, I didn't like. Oh, uh, you felt dirty. Like, I just felt like, oh, mm. like I'm trying to get you to, to pay, to buy, like to buy me. I didn't like uh, that. Yeah, again. smelling yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the mm. other, so I, I didn't like that. Um, but, but while I was dancing, I mean, this would literally be, be my life. I would be with my kids during the day mm-hmm. and I would put them to bed and then I would drive to the club and I, and I was also dealing with a, an eating disorder and I was working out with a trainer. I was bodybuilding. Oh, that's so fun. Have, <laughs> it was brutal. So I didn't have, I didn't have a sip of alcohol in the, mm-hmm. for the years that I was living a double life. That's Not torture already. That's torture. Oh my God. <laughs> and it, but it's just craziness. <laughs> But this is the thing. I was, I guarantee I was the only stripper who had a protein shake in her life. Okay. And I knew at like, oh, midnight, I got to go have my protein shake. And so I would drive to the club. I would dance. I'd get home at maybe four o'clock in the morning, change, go to the, go to the 24 hour gym, Mm -hmm. work out, come back, take a shower and be up with my kids. So I would go a couple of days without sleeping. Because That's I, insane. I, it, it, it was insane. And I wasn't tired. It was like fumes. I, it, I always say I was fueled by, by trauma. Because yeah. it was just go, go. I belonged to two 24-hour gyms because one of them had the audacity to close on like Christmas. And early on Sundays. So I would, I mean, there was a night that I walked to my gym, which was an hour away. Mm. And I walked there at midnight because I, I wanted to burn those calories. Worked out. <laughs> for a couple of hours and walked back. And the walk back was terrifying. It's like four o'clock in the morning, no one's around. I'm thinking I'm gonna be murdered and then my husband's gonna have to explain to my kids why I'm out walking in the middle of the night and it's because I had to burn off the, because the pressure of, oh my God, strangers are gonna see you naked. You, <laughs> he's gonna feel good about how you look. Like, you're in your stripper heels and like your little me. lingerie. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you something, let me tell you something. And I say this in my book, you know what the crazy thing is? It would have been great if if it could have been how it sounds like, you know, mom by day, stripper by night, and that you could just separate that. But you can't. I couldn't because you can't. You can't because you're the same person. Mm-hmm, and especially exactly. when you're not sleeping. When you're not sleeping, there's no off switch. There's no off switch. So, yeah, yeah. No. So the I, line got like, blurred. Yeah. You, oh, so so I remember, and it's like I laugh about it now, but I remember at the time being kind of like freaked out and and it really disturbed me and i it's, this was such a long time ago and i, I remember it so vividly, i was at the yeah. gym yeah. i was at the gym after being out stripping mm-hmm. and uh it was like because i used to go at like five in the morning whatever and mm-hmm. i was on i went to get on <laughs> like a machine and the way i got on and the way i got off was like oh you know the legs coming up and, go, and like, it, <laughs> it was just, still showy and flamboyant like good. a stripper. It was, not good. it was like I was getting on and off a lap, like it was <laughs> like a bit. And I, but it, it was one of those things where you kind of like, did anybody see? Nobody saw that. I hope nobody saw. You know, like it was. <laughs> but it, and it's funny now. But at the time, I was like, holy crap, because yeah, you know, it's 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 it, your your worlds are colliding, and it mm. was uh, it was it. 
it was not going to end well. It was not going to end well. No. What were some other examples that your sex work life and your personal life would like mesh together? Because like for me, I ran into a client at a grocery store. That was super oh. awkward. Him and so his wife yeah. and his kids. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. So, yeah, um, there were a couple of things like that. It's funny that you say grocery store because years later, um, it, 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 it didn't happen, but what happened was, and one of the reasons why once I got out of it, um, it still haunted me. Like I had so much shame. I had, it took me, I had another kind of, another, not breakdown, but kind of lost myself again when I, before I dealt with the shame. Like I thought I was out of it, mm. but I hadn't dealt with the shame. But I remember walking uh, with my kids in the grocery store and I had just, I was doing body image workshops at schools and I had just come from speaking at a school and then I was with my kids at the store and I'm walking through an aisle and a man walked by me and he just looked at me a certain way and my son picked up on it. Men, ugh, and, sorry. Right, ugh. I know, <laughs> I know, why do men? So why he, do men? So my, my younger son said, why is that man looking at you like that? And I just, and Again, I can laugh at it now, but at the time I'm thinking, did I sleep with him? Did he see me dance? Like, I, my brain was so, because my, my brain me. at the time, because <laughs> you're so detached almost. Huh? <laughs> Isn't that awful? It's awful. But, but yeah. I always see because of my, because of the, the, what I was doing with my body back then and how I was dealing with an eating disorder, I was hyper-focused on my body while also being completely detached from mm. it. Mm. So, so it was such an important part of who I was, but I was so, especially when I was a it's man, like your it was product. Like, That's what you're selling, right? It was, it was, I was playing a role. I yeah. was, I was, it was totally performative. Um, I couldn't to this day, as I can, I can tell you, I'll probably remember by profession what some of them did or, but I can, and this is awful. I'm being so honest with it, but it's, it's, I, there's, there are people who, if they stood in front of me, I would be like, I, like, I don't, uh, yeah, so, it's, yeah, so it's a yeah. creepy feeling. So yeah. at the grocery store, I thought, I, I mean, look, it could have been he thought he knew me. It could have been he was trying to flirt. It could have been what, but my thought was, oh my God, what if he's from my past? And what if he says something to me in front of my children? Yes. Oh my God. Like that was my. Your fear. Oh, yeah. Your insecurity. So they, were still, oh they were still pretty young. They were like elementary schoolish. Mm. And so I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. And, mm. um, and, and look, I, again, it's not like I was with that may but i mean it was they, i i messed up and so there were there were people you know i oh god I, i'm just thinking as i'm saying it who's gonna listen but i mean you know there was a dad or two from school you know <laughs> so so my thought was like oh my god do my kids know that like it, I, again i was afraid that it was gonna come out like i was mm -hmm. the only pe person i really people i cared about were my kids like so I, I i was so afraid that it was going, that my behavior was going to negatively impact them. But when you're in it, when you're so in it, I mean, I was so, my therapist called it traumatic overload. I had just had trauma mm -hmm. after trauma after trauma after trauma in my life. I mean, I had so right. much um, that you just can't, all I thought of that I was hurting myself. I wasn't thinking about anybody that, anybody else that was being hurt in the process. Cause that, once yeah. I realized that I was hurting other people, yeah. I, that I was like, oh, okay, I don't want to do that. But I, I was so in it that all I thought was, I'm hurting myself and I deserve it. I didn't, mm -hmm. I felt that it was, it, I wasn't, it, that was okay because 
I didn't. Yeah. I was a terrible person. The trauma, to be hurt. yeah, like the trauma conditioned you to think that you were deserving of all this pain and hurt coming your way. Like that's it. I yeah. didn't have a good support. The people who listen. When I grew up. Um, my father was out of the picture quite young, but and I, I was estranged from my sister for years. Mm. Um, now we're good, but we weren't. And so my mother and my brother were my life. They were my. I say all the time, he was he was five years older and he was the invisible armor I wore out in the world to protect me. And my mom was my safe place to come home to. I mean, they Aww. were, they. I felt every second I had them, I felt loved and protected. And my brother died when I was 17 and he was 21. And my mom died when I was 28 and pregnant with my first. Mm. And so I had no invisible armor and I had no home. So mm -hmm. it, it was... Uh, I, I was I, I was really dependent on one person, and unfortunately, that person wasn't great for me at that time. He look, my husband. I got very very ill when I was twenty nine. Spent months in the hospital. He was fantastic, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, loves our children, but but you know, Big I have some issues. I have some issues with with the 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 treatment that I got, and unfortunately, at the time, again, I, I felt like I deserved it, and that perpetuated it. Right. So you were so complicit in the, let's call it what it is, in the abuse. You were complicit in the abuse. I, I, I'm careful. I'm careful with that. I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't, oh, don't want to call, call it that. I don't, I don't, I, I want to be very respectful and I have to be very careful and, and, you know, we're on good terms and, and all that. What I like to say is that we were doing our best and okay. um, maybe, you know, because I was so in it too, I was never forced into anything. I, I want to make that clear. It was never mm -hmm. that. It was... Mm -hmm. It was more that, like I said, I kind of felt mm, this is what this is who I am, right? And this is what, but I wasn't for, and and I kind of because that's the only place I got the attention or whatever the validation that mm -hmm. I started soaking it up, and so and so I like to say that maybe he thought um, didn't realize it was hurting me, you know, mm. in the same in, in maybe you know in the same way that I didn't realize I was hurting other people. Maybe, maybe he, he didn't realize that. Maybe he thought I was okay. So I don't, yeah, I don't want, I'm very, right. Yeah. How long were you leading this kind of double life for? Like putting up with this uh, facade, putting up with uh, your uh, drama with your husband. Like right. that it's, must've been so exhausting. Well, it's funny. Cause it's, it's one of those things where I can, I can tell you, detail of details about things but time is a weird thing for me like it's a hard it's oh hard. yeah but when i when i when i think about i usually go by the age of my children and i would i would think it was i'm gonna say about four years maybe mm -hmm. same with me I, four years in sex oh, work really? yeah yeah 2012 to 2016 oh. when i was leading a double life it was it's gray <laughs> right it is blurred lines everywhere yeah and do you find that sometimes i'll get like a memory and i'll go oh god yeah. like i'll just it's like it just brings me back to something like it flashes me back I'm like oh, oh okay okay hold on yeah i get it i get it girl oh my god <laughs> especially when i go to no frills and it's like oh wait that can of soup <laughs> oh no <laughs> Reminds it, it, me of it, good old. It, it, it does change. Like it, it, you do see things. I don't know. I mean, I think, especially when it comes to sex work or, or anything like that. I mean, I think there is an understanding that we have. I think there is. You know, there. That's not like I said earlier. That's not where my shame was. My shame wasn't in. I don't think anyone should feel shame. 
if they dance or anything like that. Like, no, Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, I think it's, it's very valid. And I think, listen, it's, it's more, I uh, personally, and again, I didn't do it for that long, but personally, I didn't see any behavior from the women that I worked with that was, that should be shunned or or was disrespectful. Mm -hmm. I saw some customers who behaved in a way that were, so, so, that's Ugh. the thing. It's like let's put, if you're going to shame people, it's it's not the it's not the woman who's for whatever reason. I mean, uh, and I'm clear too. When people say to me, when when people now with my book and they know and they say, oh, well, you were just putting food on the table. No, no, my husband was doing that. Like I yeah. he, like it wasn't. I I wasn't a single parent. I wasn't in trouble. He was taking care of that. So I didn't. I did it. I did it to help with the gross, and also because I was super messed up. That was my <laughs> that was my reality. Yeah. But I saw some some people act in really terrible ways yeah. and disrespectful ways. And it and it wasn't the dancers. So it was no, from I, the I customers. A, yeah. So I have a, a hard time with people who I don't like even when people make like jokes about sex workers. I don't like you know, I, and I'll tell mm. you it's everyone assumes, oh, they're just single parents with, you know, drug addicts with daddy issues. No. Sorry, Literally, no. Not, what? Know? Have you ever spoken right. to a sex worker? Ew. Well, that's it. You know, it's, it's, uh, but I'll tell you yeah. something funny. And I, I, was, I was talking about this the other day. It's when I, when I think again about the, the dancing and how, like, that was when I felt probably, you know, being on stage and, and dancing because I, because I like to dance. Um, mm. But I remember, I remember, uh, so I'd been working there a bit and this woman that was working there and she came to me and, had gotten off stage and she said, how long like, did it take you to get up on stage? Like, how long? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, like I've been here about three months and I, I can't, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm like, my first date, like that's my, that's Aww. my favorite part. Like I, even, <laughs> like I didn't even realize like you could kind of slowly kind of get, I was like, what? What are you talking about? I had my songs picked. Like I was, I was ready to go. That was like, that was really funny. But, uh, but yeah, so that was the good part, but it was, it was the other stuff though. <laughs> was that how you found out that like hmm, maybe I do like women more than men? That well, it was around that time. It was around that time. <laughs> it was, around that it time. was during it was during that time. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes. Hey you sick motherfuckers. I've got a special treat for you. Need a new toy to spice up your sex life? Head over to loveshop.ca slash sexedmonton and get yourself a cock ring, a dildo, a vibrator, or even a life-sized sex doll. <laughs> Damn, I guess love really does come in all shapes and sizes. Get 15% off your entire order when you use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout. They're shipping to all of Canada and the United States because North America is horny. That's loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and use code sexedwithtim for 15% off your entire purchase. Happy orgasm! Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do. Only my listeners are sexy as fuck. I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. Head over to dalekuda.com, that's D-A-L-E-K-U-D-A.com, and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 25% off the entire store. 
yeah you heard me 25% off and cherry on top free shipping oh my god I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me and girl I'm wearing it right now I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there and I'm on the train I'm just like uh, 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 thank you Dale <laughs> that's dalecuda.com with the code sexedwithtim for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping with a deal like that I swear I could come buckets honey <laughs> the show is about to begin yes for a little oh bit yeah yeah <laughs> so Okay, uh, let's slow down a bit because I do want to get to that. But I also want to know first, like, how did you get out of like this cycle of of trauma and drama and just like exhaustion of leading a double life and like getting out of this relationship that you're no longer happy in? How do you get out of that? Okay, well, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, well, it's kind of a two parter because because I got out of that situation with what I was doing way before I got out of my relationship because mm. and I'll tell you how I'll tell you the first part in a second because that's a doozy. Yes. But but to say once I got out, um again, you know, it, it wasn't like my marriage was horrible. It, you know, I, I and I don't feel like he was abusive and and but it was it was messed up. It was not good. It was not healthy. I I, okay. I, I yeah. see as more and more as I'm away from it, yeah, I you know, I'd love to have a conversation. It's it's you know, there's, there's some feelings there. Um, (laughs) but we were good for it with our kids and, and I really felt like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to, I, I made this commitment and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and we kept going for a long time. Like, I'm going to say, well, I don't know, over 10 years, like we, it continued. And I, uh, and then, but then, like I said, I didn't deal with the shame. I didn't deal with the truth. I, I, I felt again, worthless and really thought about ending it. And, um, it took me a long time before I before I got out of that part of it. Mm. But I will tell you this: one of the hardest chapters I wrote um, called "The Reckoning," yeah. and that was and I'll and I'll, I'll describe it without getting too because it's a doozy to read. I wrote this chapter in one day, like I wrote it through the night, um, overnight mm. into the morning because I didn't want to stay in this for longer than I had to. What happened was, as I said, you know, I, I knew I was hurting me. When, so my routine in the morning was I would get up when I wasn't dancing. I'd get up really, really early. And this is a long time ago because there was like the family computer in the basement, right? There was nothing mm-hmm. on our phones or anything. Right. And I'd go into the basement and I would check my emails and then I would go to the gym. So one morning I get up and I laugh about it now, but I, honestly, it was torture. Like it was the shame that I carried. I walk downstairs, okay, I turn on the computer and I see three messages from three wives. <laughs> and I was just busted, 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 like at the same time. And it was, yeah. Well, to be honest, no, to be more, it was, it was two wives and a husband. And the, the, you know, one wife was like, just, it was just not good. The other one was like, are you talking to my husband? And then the other one was the husband saying, she knows, you know? Oh um, apparently nobody knows how to delete text <laughs> or to keep discretion but, like holy I mean, fuck it was yeah it was all in the same morning and it was just this like oh like that it, oh, it was all it was just 
awful. And and one of them had had written just she was just it was I mean it was just every horrible thing. And all I could think of was you're right. You're and I, I said like I you are right. I am a horrible human being. Like what could I say? You know. Mm. Um, and and I mean listen I I, I learned how to. I will never be okay with that. Like I will never be okay that that I did that ever. Um, but I understand why I did what I did. I understand. I was never thinking, oh, I have one on. Like, look what I'm doing, or like I, it was never me thinking that I was in any way better than mm. anyone else mm. or anything like that. Um, but that was a killer, and I thought, and I, it just killed me. And I thought, oh my god, I, I'm hurting people. Like I. You know, there are three women who are upset this morning, and I had I played a role in that, and that was awful. Like that right. was just an awful, awful, awful feeling. And mm. I from and that was it. Like I said, I can't I can't do this anymore. I, I was seeing a therapist. I must have left a million messages on his answering machine, and <laughs> it was like holy cow. And and I said to my husband, I said I can't nothing none of this. Because therapist was like, you got to stop it all. Like no swingers clubs, no no dancing no like it's cold nice. turkey cold turkey and, it, and i and I, I i was fine with that like i couldn't anymore um and so that's and that's pretty much what we did wow that is <laughs> quite the the revelation to come from uh three different sources like three. ruining like my one, fucking life one was bad enough one was yeah bad one enough, but uh but three that's three different people whose lives have been affected by your actions. And like, I don't know how I could like, <laughs> I mean, let alone one, but like three, holy shit. So yeah, that, that's a hell of a wake up call then, huh? That's a hell of a wake up call. Yeah, like, all right, cool turkey, gotta, gotta stop everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, what were some of the steps that you took to finally get your shit and you, to finally get your shit together? Um, well, what I did, so that was, that was, uh, well, okay, I'll tell you a funny story in a sec, but that part was, was easy in the sense that I just didn't, I, it really was, and I keep repeating myself, but I hated, like, that was not me. I had never cheated in my life. My father was a cheater, you know, mm. and, and that wasn't me. And so it, it, uh, it just felt so awful. So that part was easy, but I was still dealing with an eating disorder. So I went into a recovery program mm. for that at a hospital. And then I had been... Um, because I had dealt with some pretty serious um, health issues years ago, I was dealing with some chronic pain. I was put on very hardcore narcotics. I wanted off of all of that, so I got off of that. Fun times. What a party. Um, oh, let me tell you, weeding yourself off methadone. No joke. Not, um, not, <laughs> it's quite no, a roller coaster. <laughs> it is. So, um, so that was my day. I got, I got healthy physically um, and 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 that was sort of the first the first thing. But I'll tell you I'll tell you a funny story. Um, at one point, I started to wonder like it's so funny. I'm, you, you're bringing all this out in me, Tim. But I do, <laughs> talk about this. I do talk about this in my book. But um, at one point, I thought, am I am I a sex addict? Like is that because because it did it did take over in the sense that you know I would be driving in the car and I'd look over and be like, can I have sex with them? Like, I wonder if I get that. You know, like, it's just like a weird, you know, it's a weird thing. Just looking um, at all the people like, yeah. oh, fuck that. Do I tap that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, like, and it was weird. And I, and I do think, you know, maybe I put out a certain energy because it seemed, I mean, it was just, it, it seemed like it would be pretty easy, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I wondered, 
I mean, in the end, I, I wasn't because there were all these things that I just didn't check the, the check marks. However, this is what I did. I called, I called like a sex anonymous thing, right, in my area. <laughs> and, uh, and I was asking questions. And it, it, I could tell that the person on the other end of the phone did not want me there. I, this is this Rude. well this is the well but this is the thing right so he's like okay well you're going to be the only woman um you'll have to like put your hair back no makeup um you can't oh. swear like it, they're very very but this was the thing right my first <laughs> this is how fucked up particular my my first thought was oh I'm going to be the only woman there. Oh, All the fresh call. meat. Oh my God. But like, not even that. It wasn't even for me. It was me thinking, how much are they going to love me? Like how, <laughs> imagine you walk into a room and they're all sexed and you're the only one. But then my All the attention on was, me. Yeah. Yeah. But my next thought was, that's not like my next, my first thought was, I'll be the only woman. And then my next thought was, oh my God, I'll be the only one. Like not safe. Like that would be yeah, a that's really terrifying. unsafe situation. Because you're walking into this group where you're saying, Oh, I think I'm addicted to like it's just not safe. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. Plus, you had to abstain, and I was married. That You're was, like that a walking dinner bell to a bunch of men in a room. Yeah, it yeah. just wouldn't. It just wouldn't. Mm. Um, but so I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, but but that was that was. It was easy for me. Like I still was married. We still had a good sex life. Like it wasn't. That wasn't the difficult part. It, it right. especially especially once I had taken control of my body and I started eating better and I was still working out, but I wasn't working out a million hours a day every day. Like it just wasn't my focus anymore. Like I was I was and and because I had gone into recovery from my eating disorder and because I had really good recovery, I started seeing the, our whole skewed vision of beauty and fitness and health in in a different way. And I became right. very outspoken about it. So I became an, an a body image advocate and activist and created a program for schools called fit versus mm -hmm. fiction. And I spoke with schools and with parents and with teachers. And I, I wrote for the Huffington post on that and wrote a book for parents. And so I found validation in a different way. Right. And I was, I was folks still focused on being a great mom, but here I was also using my brain and feeling like, okay, I had a voice and that mm -hmm. carried me for a few years until, like I said, I never dealt with, with the fear and the shame and my secrets. And what if my kids find out? And what if I'm on TV talking and somebody sees me and they call up the station and is like, you know, well, you don't know what she, you know, right, yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> and I still wasn't feeling, you know, valued in my relationship. I still wasn't feeling loved. And, and that was really, it was really difficult. And mm. I kind of, I kind of crashed and I thought I can't be teaching people how to have self-esteem when I don't have any. And I would, I, t I talk about how I, when my kids were in high school, I would drive them to school. And on the way back, every day for about a year, I would consider driving into the overpass. And oh, yeah. think, like, maybe they'll be better off. You know, maybe, mm. maybe. Mm. Um, and then I had a, 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 an exchange with a woman at the grocery store one day. And I dropped them off. And I had gone to pick up some binge food because I was back into, you know, overeating and compulsive overeating. And uh, the woman said something about how every time she sees me, I have this like sparkle. And I was like, who's she talking? What's she talking about? <laughs> sparkle? And, me? What? Uh -huh. I'm like, because in my head, I'm thinking I'm going home to binge watch Top Chef and eat and to like, and cry until I go to get my kids. <laughs> what is she saying? Um, but it was this exchange 
that I thought, okay, maybe there's something that's still there that mm. I don't feel like I thought I would, I'd lost. Cause when I was a little kid, I was all sparkle. You know, I was just, right. I, I had so much confidence and I lost it all. And, and I went from thinking I could be anything to thinking I was worth nothing. And here somebody saw something in me. So I thought, okay, maybe I'm not done yet. And that's what gave me the incentive to say, okay, I need to make some changes and I need to make them quickly. Mm. And that's when I started to work towards ending my marriage and, and figuring out who the fuck I was. Right. And that's kind of what led you to figuring out your authentic self, which is like, you're not exactly straight. <laughs> so uh, I got to I gotta work on that. <laughs> yeah, like with, what, what, was, what was interesting with that was during my, I call it my crazy time, right? When, mm-hmm. when I was acting out and all that. So um, at one point, again, you know, my husband's like, well, what do you want to do? And, and I really didn't have, like, I, I was very much into one-on-one, you know, I didn't love the idea of opening up my relationship and being with a bunch of people. Like that really wasn't my thing. I liked being one-on-one with are. somebody and well, because you, you, for me, the more comfortable you are with somebody, then the more you can try and adventurous you can be. And yeah. you know, it's just, you can enjoy it's it more because you're not in your, you're not in your head yeah. thinking, what are they thinking? You know? Yeah. Um, so I really didn't have, and then I had bumped into a woman that I had known years ago. And in the, in the interim of seeing her, she had come out mm. and she looked a little different. And I, for the first time was like, boy, a second. Um, <laughs> and I was very, very drawn to her and he knew her and it, you know, one thing led to another and, and she and I became very close friends for a, a long time. I'm going to say, oh, probably close to a year and, and the relationship became intimate. Ooh, that's why I was going to say, it's like, how close are we talking here, Marcy? No, so I'll t- no, that was the thing. And I'll, and I'll tell you, I remember um, meeting her for tea and, you know, in the village and mm-hmm. um, we went and, and, and there were no, very important to say too, there was no, there were no secrets. My husband drove me to the subway to go meet her. Like there was no Aww. cheating, right? Okay. There was no cheating. Yeah. Um, so, we met and we were, I don't want to talk about it too much because we're, we're really not in touch and I don't want to, I mean, I'm That's not saying okay. her name yeah. or anything, but, <laughs> but we, uh, we were sitting and having tea and we're talking. This is so, it sounds so obnoxious, but at one point she just leaned over the table and kissed me. Oh, I know. And it was, it was, I, as I, and I hate cause I'm so not a cliche person. But it was like, <laughs> boom! And like every it was cliche like, person ever. <laughs> but, it, and it, <laughs> but it was, it was like, it, uh, what, it was The like, floodgates uh, have uh, opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, and she said, she said, do you want to get out of here? And I'm like, yes, please. And I think we went to her car and made out for like three hours. And I remember thinking, when I was going home, I remember thinking, this should feel so weird. Mm-hmm, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there were times like, so during that time where I thought I would love to explore this more, like I would love to know what this means for me. But I, again, felt like I had made this commitment and I was a mom and it was important to me to, to do the right thing. And so from then on, I told myself, I, w- I called myself straight with a twist. So, you know, it's straight, like a drink. But straight up with yeah, a exactly. lime twist. Well, that's, it's so funny. It was, it's so funny because that's how I, that's how I say a lot about how, you know, hetero flexible, straight, mm-hmm. straight, straight with a twist is how I order my vodka and my <laughs> and, and, 
and it's still it still applies to my drink, but not so much my sexuality. Um, I love it. But but here's the thing. So I I I just pushed it away for for a long time, and then convinced myself that that was the situation that I was straight with a twist. But also because I had never been attracted to my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I also didn't realize it was with somebody more recently that said to me, like, but I have a specific type, right? And were your friends your type? No. So like, you know, it, it's, I just didn't, I, but there were, but there were celebrities that I ha- that I was attracted to like women and, you know, but again, mm-hmm. I just thought, all right, maybe it's, it's like a normal thing women, we could, whatever. Uh, and then it was, it, even when I got, when I got divorced, I left my marriage, I still, didn't think um, I was gay. I kind of, and I dated men. Like I, I, Ugh, let's just gross. say I, I dated a, a wide assortment, a, a, a varied selection. <laughs> a whole bunch I of frogs. Kept, no, no, no disrespect to anyone I dated, but, but well, to some, but um, <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> but no, no, to me. <laughs> but I just, I never, to be very honest, I never, for me, I never connected with anyone the way I did with that woman a million years ago. Mm. I never thought that was what I would compare things to. And so I thought that I was just lousy at relationships. I thought, cause I would, I would end a relationship. I always ended it. And mm. I, I never, I say this all the time, but you know, you watch rom-coms and there's the breakup and then the, the girl's standing in the freezer eating the ice cream sobbing and i was always like what is she doing i don't understand Adele in the background and just like, right. <laughs> right and that was never me i was always like whoosh you know like feeling quite relieved when i would mm. end something and i swear there were times there were times this is so dramatic but i would i would be dating somebody i'd wake up in the middle of the night and, and say out loud i can't do it i can't do it i can't do it i can't do it i have to i can't do it and i still wasn't thinking that that's why, right? I just thought I can't just maybe I just can't connect, and and mm. I could sexually that was easy, but but I just I just didn't, and I then I thought well maybe what you see in movies like that's just movies, you know maybe mm. maybe you don't people don't really feel that way because I never felt the way I wanted to feel, and right. then it was where more and more I was feeling no like I remember being on a date with somebody. Um, attractive guy, nice guy. We were out walking by the water. And I remember thinking, this is really nice. The one thing that would make it better (laughs) would be if it was a woman. And it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Chop it off. Well, and and that's when I thought to myself, Marcy, like... Come on now, you know, and, and, and I still hadn't come out right away, but I, I knew in my gut that I wanted to be with women. I just knew it, but I felt, and this is the problem. At this point I was in my late Mm forties and I was thinking, I missed my shot. Like it's too late. It's too late because, you know, if there was somebody for me, I was just looking the other way. Like I missed it. They're probably long gone. Um, I thought I had no right because I'd, I'd been with men, and because I was older, I felt I had no right to come out. I felt, um, and, and I also didn't feel, you know, you, it's very, especially with lesbians, there's, there are a lot of stereotypes, and I felt, mm, I don't check those boxes, so maybe I'm not, like, it was just, there. it's, it's, it's challenging. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 
And, but you know what, when I wrote the book and the book came out and I realized, okay, I've already said so much about myself and the world didn't collapse. My life didn't end. People know all the stuff about me. And if anything, anyone who was going to walk away, walked away, which, you know, I didn't really notice. So it, it, it was nobody super important right. to me. Everyone so, was connected. You've with already me. publicized this memoir of like your double life as uh, sex worker and everything, and then you're also juggling your your uh, doubts with your sexuality. Wow. Yes, it was wow. a very intense. It's been an intense couple of years, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you know, and it was during COVID because it was just re it was just about a year and a half that I came out, and and recently, it was recent. Wow. Yes. 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 Wow. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's it was to me. I knew, and it's funny because there were a couple of friends that I told, and they were like, "Didn't we know? I thought we, you know, like, you know, I don't think there was a t even my children weren't shocked." Um, <laughs> especially again after you know they were husband, shocked like uh, like they they had no inkling that you were a lesbian no they weren't they weren't shocked that's what I'm saying oh they weren't they, also they, they're like oh no. mom <laughs> well they weren't like that I mean it's still I'm still their mom but they were oh. amazing well what's what's funny is I talk about how my older son they were in their 20s yeah. um, I was out with my older son and his girlfriend before I came out, a couple years before I came out and uh, more than a couple years and out of nowhere my son's girlfriend who I adore said you know, I see you dating women. And I was like, wow. Well, and, and she knew, I mean, they knew nothing about my history. And uh -huh. she's, I'm like, why? She goes, I just, that's what I see for you. And I thought that's so interesting, you know? Mm. Um, Cause I knew my history, but it just, I got to a point about two years ago when I thought it became very frustrating. Like I felt, first of all, I, I'm somebody who can't, I don't like being inauthentic at all. You of know, course. that's yeah. why I wrote the book. Like I, I, I rather you hate me, but you know me, at least hate me for the right reasons. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I just, so when I decided this is it, like I decided I don't, I, I, this, I knew who I was. I, I didn't quite know what that meant, but I knew who I was. And I felt like, I felt that by, by acknowledging it and by acknowledging it publicly that I was deciding to be single for the rest of my life because mm -hmm. I felt that it was going to be impossible for me to meet anyone. And again, I didn't know that. I mean, I was at the time living up in the suburbs. I, I no, I had moved close to the cities, but mm. again, I, I'm, I mean, unless COVID didn't help, but I'm also older and, um, who's going to accept me? And you know, I didn't right. have a community and, you know, because started coming out seems like a, such a young person thing. Absolutely. I mean, you think, right. well, because you can come out to get, like, there's things, whereas when you're older, everyone, you feel, you feel yeah. like everyone's settled. You feel like everyone's got their, in their groove and who are you? And you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, and right. you, you do feel like there's going to be some stigma. And, and so, so I just thought in the past it stopped me, but I got to the point where I thought, but I'm okay with, it. I would rather be, and know who I am and be honest about who I am. Yes. Preach. And then, then, right. Or then, be miserable then, with someone like, ugh. Yeah. I, that was never me anyway. Like once I, I was, in a, I was married a very, very long time. And, and mm. I'm, I'm somebody who would much rather be on their own than be in the wrong mm. relationship. Mm. Like for sure. I'm just not afraid. I'm not afraid of being alone. I'm afraid of being in the wrong situation. So yeah. I, I, I had to, I had to be honest with myself and, and it was so liberating. Like I, and I'm, I'm not, 
I'm not subtle. I'm um, I'm a go big or go home kind of gal. And so when I <laughs> when I came out, I also felt like I'd been living. You had a party. <laughs> big old. Well, I, I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't. Oh, really, no. But what I but what I did do was I wrote an article for a magazine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and so I'm you know all of a sudden I'm yeah I'm in a magazine and I wrote for a few different um, websites and I and so because it was important to me. Um, because I lived straight for so long and that's how people knew me for, I just, I needed to put my truth out there as, as I don't know, however that sounds, I needed people to know it's weird because other people would be like, Oh, it's your personal whatever. But I needed, right. I just needed people to know. I needed to put that energy out there that this is who, of course. who yeah, I am. You need, you need to show and your most authentic self. I just, that's just, yeah, that's, yeah. that's who I am. So yeah. Yeah, so that's been a it's been a trip. And it's, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's the other thing. I'll tell you this. You go from, <laughs> I you know I hit kind of pro status, and then you're you're, you're changing. Forget just teams. You're changing sports, and, and like I, now I'm a rookie. <laughs> now I'm a rookie again. So it's like <laughs> it's just all this new. You know, you finally figure out how everything works with the opposite sex and then you're like oh god that's like better you gotta spoiler alert spoiler alert but you you, better with the same sex yes you know what's hilarious you know what's hilarious but that's funny you say that i remember so i I was in a relationship when i came out and then i remember thinking i don't understand how straight people do like to me all of a sudden weird it didn't make sense i'm like i'm Mm. like (laughs) and it's so funny people are weird Breeding well, men, men and what? men, you get it. Women and women, yeah. you get like you, you it. Just get makes it. sense. It just yeah. Like I thought, oh, yeah. it's so funny. But that's yeah. just. I mean, I you know, I went on my first <laughs> date, and it was kind of like, oh, like it just. What I say all the time is, I spent so many years feeling like I was this broken puzzle piece, trying to squeeze myself into the puzzle, and mm. and because I couldn't fit, I felt that there was something wrong with me. And then I realized I was just in the wrong puzzle, you know, right. there was, yeah. there was nothing wrong with me. I was trying to live this traditional, it just never felt, it never felt, I always felt like I was in this club that I didn't want to be in. I didn't fit, but you realize like, yeah, that's fine. It's great for other people. It's, it's not right for me. And right. when you figure that out, it really is, but it doesn't mean that life is easier. It's just. Oh, there's that inner like life around me is still I still have the same challenges, but within me, you know, mm, there mm-hmm. is this like I just there's a comfort there that right. uh, it's like Goldilocks, you know, it's like <laughs> just it's, right, it's, it's, it's just right, exactly. <laughs> but do you feel that it was too late to come out like uh, at a later stage in life, or uh, mm. you know, do you wish that like I should have came out earlier? That way, I could avoid all this mess. I could avoid all this drama, blah, 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 whatever. Is there a part for it's tough because I think yeah. if I didn't have children. And I'd say a hundred percent. I wish it was sooner. I, there's a part of me that feels like maybe this was a better time for them. I mean, they had to deal with the divorce and they had like, maybe it just would have been too much for them. Um, and, and you ha- I have to trust that things happened at the right time. I, maybe because yeah. I was dealing with so much trauma, like it took me until writing the book to really be okay with myself. So maybe had mm-hmm. I come out sooner, I wouldn't have been right. Ra- like I have to think, that it, it happened like this for some reason, but 
But there is a part of me for sure that thinks mm, it would have been it would have been great to have been able to right to experience my thirties even you know and and my like that yeah to I mean, eat some pussy in my early twenties. <laughs> 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 well, it's, it's it's weird to it, on one hand it's weird to really real like to to understand yourself because I wasn't closeted it wasn't that I was hiding I just didn't get it you mm-hmm. know I knew mm-hmm. I knew something but I didn't I didn't understand it so it's it you didn't have the vocabulary for it yeah I didn't I and you know what it is too I mean again you feel like you see you you know I mean whether it's men women whatever there are, it's portrayed in the media it's portrayed in society with such mm-hmm. small in such a small way that, that if you don't fit that, I thought, Oh, well, I don't, I'm, I not like the lesbians I see on TV. Let's yeah. say. So maybe I'm not. And it's just, that's too bad. Like I wish I'd had more of a community where I could have, I could have understood more. Like there, I'll tell you this. So sometimes my, my husband would travel for business and I never went anywhere. And so I think about three times in the course of our 24 years together, um, I would take a weekend and I would just get a hotel and just not have to think about anybody else, right? Be able to get Fine. up when I want to get up. And, yeah. But what would I do? I'd go to a gay bar. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> that. Like, what is that? Like, uh, I, most women, you know, when they're married and they, if they get a weekend off, they're going to like a spot. They're getting their nails done. They're doing their thing. They're going shopping. Yeah. They're not going to a freaking lesbian bar, you know? So again, <laughs> it's like, that's one of those things where I look back and go, oh, Marcy, like, you know, you know, what, you know what's kind of a cool, a cool thing, like how life happens yeah. is last October, um, I had a little bit of a, I had a, a book signing at Glad Day Books mm-hmm. on Church Street. And what was amazing to me was, so I'm standing there and there's a window and I'm looking out and right across the street from Glad Day is Second Cup. Second Cup used to be one shop over, okay? Right. They, and they used to call it the Steps. It was the uh, I don't I don't know how old you are. If you know, you have you heard of that? Like, it was, thirty. It was a big I'm thirty. Deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so it was a big deal. So the Second Cup uh, on Church Street called the Steps. It was super popular, gayer than gay, right? Yes. When yeah. I was nineteen, I worked there, and I was the only heterosexual uh, staff member that they had at that time. Uh-huh. So it made it, 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 cause I had moved from Montreal to Toronto and I was living with a roommate who was gay and we lived on Carlton street. And um, so it, as I'm standing there in my gayness, you know, <laughs> looking across the street at this second, the famous second cup thinking I used to work there thinking like it's, it was so bizarre. It was like, it was such a, uh, uh, that was like 1989, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and to think how life <laughs> just kind of came full circle, you know, it was so weird. It was so, it was like me staring at my past and going, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> funny how life works that way. huh? <laughs> so funny. That everything just fell into its place and that maybe I guess there's no such thing as coming out too late in life that everything just happens mm-hmm. for a reason on the, on the right time. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, uh, that would be, I guess my message to anybody else. I mean, there are a lot of late bloomers, you know, as we kind mm-hmm. of call ourselves, just, there's a, a lot of women who have been in relationships and married and have kids. I mean, it, our society kind of it's, and it's not, you know, 
I, I talk about how my mom passed away many, many years ago. There isn't a doubt in my mind that if she were here, she, like she would have been walking in the parades with, you know, she, she was, she would have been so incredibly supportive. Yeah. Uh, my sister's very supportive. Um, it's not, it's not that I couldn't, I, I just didn't, it just wasn't a thing you thought about back then. Like in the 80s, right, it just like it, matter. It just wasn't, it just, that's not, you got, you dated, you got married, you had kids, you had, like, it was just the thing. So, yeah. you know, and that's, and, and I love how things are now. I love that, that kids are kind of going, well, maybe, maybe I don't want to date some of the opposites. Like, maybe I don't like, I like that they're questioning, you know, it's, it's, I think it's. The generation now, they're all gay. <laughs> well, <laughs> We've all no, read just, the gays. <laughs> you just, you've just, you've just terrified any, you know. Yeah. Republican that's listening to this now. It's our agenda. It's the whole agenda. It's the gay agenda at work. We are turning the world gay and that's it. you're not going to stop us. That's it. That's oh it. my God. Marcy, you have been such an amazing guest. And I think that your story will definitely help with anyone that's in like, whether it be sex work or coming out at a later stage in their life but if they haven't picked up anything from this wonderful conversation do you have any sort of like parting words of wisdom to our audience i will say that and i say this i said this at the beginning the best thing you can do is to ruin your reputation by <laughs> being by telling Messy. the truth no kidding. Well, it's, well, it's <laughs> not even ruining your reputation what i mean is 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 not to be afraid of it it's to it, it wouldn't it be a shame if you lost out on opportunities and friendships because you were being who you thought you were supposed to be when uh, who you actually were would bring you those opportunities and those friendships. So yeah. don't waste a second being who you think you're supposed to be instead of who you really are. Yeah. And that goes for whether it be your body image issues or your sexual identity issues. Be Anything. fucking radically authentic. <laughs> radically. Isn't that the easiest thing to be should be to be ourselves. And it's yeah. become a, re a rebellious thing to do. So we have to take that back. It's so rebellious to be authentic, to be your most wonderful self. Like, uh, it, I mean, it is easier said than done, but it's just so rewarding. It's so rewarding to finally just be like, fuck you. I don't have to be this. I don't have to be that. Just let me be fucking me. Like, oh, I always God. say I would rather, I would rather you be uncomfortable with with the choices I make in my life and I be uncomfortable yes. with the choices I make in my life. For me, I say that's an issue, not an ish me. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. right. That's right. <laughs> that's their issue. That's your problem. <laughs> well, Marcy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have anything for the audience to find? Like, please make like a butt and plug away. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Yes, I love that. Um, just find me. So if you want for the 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 rebellion resiliency coaching, it's just marcywarhaft.com for my book. You can go to thegoodstripper.com. It's not only paperback and Kindle, but it is an audiobook as well with me reading it. And then I'm on uh, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and so just find me and uh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marcy. I will put all of that Thank in the you. show notes. And to all okay. the listeners that have made it this far into this chaotic ass episode, thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. With that, I bid you adieu. Good night. And I'll see you at the next episode. Mwah! 
Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at Sex Ed with Tim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah!